Thank you, Noah. Welcome to all of you. As we celebrate our Central Kitsap High School graduates this day, and as we give praise and glory to God who has created them and sustained them and filled them with God's Holy Spirit. Uh, this is actually the birthday of the church today. It is, it is Pentecost. Um, you see all the red and the fire and all of that. I was wearing a red shirt, and someone said, well, orange is also a color of fire, so I've got my orange. I changed, but uh, to match the day. But uh, uh, we do welcome you. We're so privileged to have you here today. And on this birthday of the church, what better gift could we give to the world than young and inquisitive minds uh, and hearts that are grounded in Christ Jesus and here to celebrate so many obligations that you have, and yet you choose to be here this day to give uh, glory to God and to be connected to one another uh, in your faith and in your life together before this journey on. On that birthday of the church, the disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to tell the good news of Jesus Christ. And what a day, what a day to connect that with your sending out, whether you're staying here and going into a career here or going to OC or whether you're traveling across the country or across the world. Uh, we send you out from this place into a new transition and a new uh, place where the Holy Spirit will certainly meet you and fill you with Christ's presence. And so welcome, welcome. Thank you for being here and being with us this day. Um, I'm Jonathan Sandsgard. I'm a youth and family pastor, as I said. And because I've been here 11 years, they've finally given me the bathroom keys. So I wanted to pass on to you because I know that part's important as well. Uh, if you go out these doors and to the right, there are bathrooms uh, on the side over here. And then also if you go down the hall, it's a little bit of a walk, but if you go down the hall to your left and need those at all during the service, you can do that. Also, please make sure that cell phones are silenced uh, and, uh, or off. And if you are taking pictures, which we invite you to do, this is a, this is a worship space, not a somber space. So uh, if you're taking pictures or celebrating in that way, a video, whatever it might be, just make sure you're not using flash so you don't distract any of those who are, who are playing up in front or speaking up in front. And again, welcome to all of you. This is a great day of celebration. Hi everyone, I'm Jasmine, and today I'll be reading from the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verses 6 through 9. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, Whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. The word of the Lord.
Hannah Robinson, and I will be singing Amazing Grace.
Hello, family, friends, and supporters of the class of 2019. My name is Alyssa Erickson. I would first like to share with you the contents of a letter I wrote myself at my very first summer camp as an eighth grader. We were asked to write goals for high school and list them by importance. The first I have listed is an impressive GPA. The second is to join tons of clubs, and the third I have is to be accepted into all the colleges I applied to. I would also like to note on the bottom, having a cute boyfriend was scribbled out. As I reflect on my early education, from the first day of elementary school, the idea of success was cemented in our minds that only the top students will receive praise, and that praise is what you worked for. As we continue our education year by year, the pressure of being on top has only increased. We've been subjected to fitting into certain parameters which we believe would bring us a life of prosperity. The work we put into winning the approval of our peers and teachers has established how we measure our success. We have programmed ourselves to compare to one another and to find success in terms of receiving honor for scholastics, our athletic ability, our level of respect by peers, or simply by creating a reputation for ourselves. Now as we are closing this chapter and entering into the next few years, whether it's college or career, there is going to be a new definition of success formulated for us in high school. And I wonder, what if we are proactive and step out of the four walls of our high school knowing that someone else is going to want to define success for us? What if we instead remember how the God of the universe defines success? Ultimately, success is measured by faithfulness and not by fame. Proverbs 16.3 says, Commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. By seeking God's will in all you do, I firmly believe the quality of your life will change as your faithfulness to him grows, as it did for me. I used to challenge God's plan. But a wise mentor once told me that God truly does want us to succeed, but his vision for us may not match our current expectations, and that any struggle we see as drawbacks will actually lead to a pathway that was meant for us. From this, we have learned to always seek the will of God in all things in our lives. If we do, we will very quickly find God moving in our lives, and the desires we have will come to pass because God says, the potential for our lives is endless if we take moments to slow down and hear his plan. After four strenuous years, I would like to give you an updated list of my goals and my top priorities. First, live a life reflecting God and his glory. Second, pray daily for the future and be the best in the present. And third, challenge others to do the same. I would like to leave you with a question. How would our world look in the next few years if instead of letting the past definition of success determine our futures, if we redefine success just by listening to what God's definition of success for us? Thank you and congratulations. Good day, mates. My name is Megan Duarte, and I'm here to talk to you about my walkabout with Jesus Christ. Actually, I'm not really an Aussie, just a gal who watches a lot of Shack Week. And I thought it was a good way to get your attention. Got it? Good. 
My name is still Megan Duarte, and I've been asked to share with you a little about my faith and how it will guide me and embolden me as I go forward. How will I stay strong in faith in the midst of adversity and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ? After all, it's what we're called as Christians to do, right? Well, I for one know that I do not like confrontation, I do not like passing judgment on others, I don't even really like talking. <laughs> you might think as a graduating high school senior, I would have honed these skills. But of course, these skills are not a part of evangelizing, though the talking part could be a little helpful. I think rather, letting God's love shine through us is the most effective way. Yet spreading the good news requires a little bravery. But hey, we've braved the old CK high school building and the great library flood of 2016, the asbestos warnings, and the mercury lights. And thanks to the parking lots, we've certainly got long distance walking down. So, in fact, we are well trained to go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation and let God's word be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. The most comforting thought I take with me is knowing that I am not alone. When I look around at those of us gathered here today, I am reminded that Matthew 18:20 promises, for where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. And I am comforted by the passages from Isaiah 41:10. So do not fear, for I am with you. So, class of 2019, as we go into colleges, universities, jobs, or other endeavors, remember, our Christian principles bind us together, will strengthen us for our future, and guide us in pursuing what's right. We can trust that God, who has been with us all along, will always be with us. So let us leave this chapter of our lives in faith, knowing that God promises us a future filled with hope and grace. And remember, Cougs, when you come across a shack, maintain eye contact and swim right at it. Cheers, mates. Will you all please stand with us and sing along?
be seated. Hi, my name is Bella Capuano, and today I will be sharing a passage from Isaiah chapter, chapter 40, verses 29 through 31. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. The word of the Lord.
Well, good afternoon. For those of you who don't know who I am, it doesn't say in the program, it says Josh Peretti. That would be uh, one of the math teachers at CK High School. So I'm here representing the teachers of these graduates. Um, I actually remember some of you from grade seven. That's crazy. And you guys are here, so congratulations. What a journey. I actually had the privilege of speaking here two years ago in this building to the class of 2017. And at that time, on a whim, I decided to talk about a stick. However, that time they only gave me four minutes to speak, and this year they're giving me 10. And therefore, I thought I'd bring the stick back, stick 2.0, here it is. Here it is. Let me introduce you to this stick. Did you guys know what makes a stick a stick? I know, you don't think about these things, do you? What makes a stick a stick is that it's dead. You see, when this stick was alive, it was called a branch. Question two, do you know what it is that makes a branch alive and a stick dead? No, I see no hands. I'll tell you, what makes a stick dead and a branch alive is actually how a stick exercises its, its independence. I know it's kind of a strange thing to think about, but if you think about it, this stick is what it is because it's completely independent of the tree from which it came. When it was born, it was a little bud, and it slowly grew, and it got leaves and branches coming off of it, and uh, maybe fruit and flowers, but then one day, for some reason, it became independent of that tree from which it came, and now it's just a stick. Now, why am I talking about this to you? Not because I like biology so much, it's actually because in early adulthood, around your ages and there beyond, there becomes a little problem in life. You're so used to becoming more and more independent. You've done it your whole life. At first, you couldn't even hold your head up. And then you learned to crawl, and then you learned to walk, and then you learned to run. First, you had a tricycle, and then a training wheels, and then a bike, and then you went all the way around the block, and then you got lost. These, this, this process has been happening your whole life. Elementary school, junior high, your first crush, your first date, prom, graduation, now here you are. It just keeps getting more and more and more and more independent. But independence can have a downside, and independence can have its dangers. And so that's why I bring the stick as a reminder. You, as a class of 2019, are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. And you were designed to become independent, to leave your parents to find your own spouse, to have your own family, and your own career, but you are never, ever, ever designed to become independent of God. In John 15, 4 and 5, Jesus says, Remain in me, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. In other words, apart from Jesus, you're just a stick. I'm telling you this because in the years, in the months to come even, you're gonna meet a lot of people who are gonna trade Jesus being the way, the truth, and the life for some crazy stuff. They're gonna trade Jesus being the way for the ways of the world, as Miss Erickson was saying, for success, for money, for fame and they're gonna find it empty. They're gonna trade Jesus being the truth for relativism, just do whatever you want, whatever feels good, there's no right, there's no wrong. 
And then they're going to trade Jesus being the life for cheap thrills, alcohol, and parties. But at the end, they're going to find themselves pretty empty. They'll place themselves at the center of their universe, completely independent from God. A stick. Have you ever wondered why so many rock stars and movie stars are going in and out of rehab and popping depression pills all the time? It's because fame and money and fortune isn't actually what you're designed to thrive on. You're designed to thrive on what God, God's will for your life is. Let me give you three little pieces of advice. Last time I didn't have time to do this, so this is, this is unedited. Um, with your newfound independence, the three things that I think will help you stay attached to the vine are these. I'm going to give you three problems. Number one, garbage in, garbage out is true. Before you watch that next episode of Game of Thrones, ask yourself, do I really need to put this into myself? Ask yourself, what movies am I watching? What music am I listening to? What is coming into myself? Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think of such things. That's what the Bible says. In Romans 12, Paul says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I'm actually going to read that again, because in the next few years, you're going to be asking yourself over and over again, what is God's will for my life? So listen to this. I'll say it slowly. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. Romans 12.2. The second proverb that is true is that there is strength in numbers. Christianity was not meant to be a solo journey. In the very first part of Genesis, after God created Adam, he said, hey, it's not good for you to be alone. When Jesus came, he even took it further, and he called each of us brothers and sisters, and he prayed for our unity. You cannot do this alone. Seek out a community of believers with whom you can have encouragement, strengthening, and accountability. It can be Sunday morning, Wednesday night, Bible study. Find something. You cannot do this by yourself. It is very true in life that you tend to become very similar to those around you. It's really true in junior high, but it's true always. In Corinthians, Paul says, bad company corrupts good character. The reverse is also true. Good company builds your character. Iron sharpens iron. I'm going to take a time out just for a second. I wasn't sure if I was going to say this, but I am. I'm not going to speak to the grads for a second. I'm going to speak to the parents. This is uh, something I've thought about a lot lately. And as I stand here and I look at the diversity in this room, it just makes me happy. It, it's a good thing. And by diversity, I mean we're in a Lutheran church. I'm personally not Lutheran. I suppose some of you are. But I know we have people from New Life over here. I'm from Faith Fellowship up on Newberry Hill, out in the woods. But if you keep reading in John, if you go to John chapter 17, Jesus prays for future believers. He prays for us. He prays for those that will come after his disciples and will believe because of their message. And he says something really cool when he prays for us. He doesn't pray for our success. He doesn't pray for our blessing. He doesn't pray for our protection. He does something weird. He prays for our unity. He prays that we would be one. 
So, I don't know, I tend to focus a lot on, oh God, why aren't you answering my prayer? Just think about this, chew on this one for a minute. How cool is it that when we come together, in a sense, we're answering Jesus' prayer? So I like this, this is really good. And this generation, actually, these young people, are the generation that's gonna figure that out. Now that I've praised you, I have a, a bone to pick. There's a third proverb that is true. Silence is golden. I would encourage you, as you go on your own, to embrace periods of silence. You belong to a generation that seems to fear silence. Every generation has its issues. And actually, yours isn't that bad compared to 2009. In 2009, you parents especially will remember, I don't know, you guys were young, but the issue at that time was that the guys couldn't figure out how to keep their pants up. I don't know if you remember that. It was called sagging. And they'd wear their pants down here. And their crotch was here. And when they came to like this service, they didn't so much walk in, they, they waddled. They just kind of like this. You guys had your pants on. I appreciate it. And I'd be in the classroom and I'd be like, for the love of Mike, would you pull up your pants? But with you, it's different. It's, for the love of Mike, would you take those earbuds out of your ears? <laughs> would you take off your headphones? Would you put your phone down for five minutes? I don't know what it is. Not all of you. Not all of you. I'm not judging. But your generation tends to have a problem with embracing silence. So I'd encourage you to put silent time with God into your schedule. It's okay to be quiet. The Bible describes God's voice as a still, small voice. Unplug, listen to him. Take some time to walk around the track and just listen to your father speak to you. Well, three things. Number one, garbage in, garbage out. Watch out what you put in. Number two, Find a community of believers that will support you. And number three, spend some quiet time with God. That is how you're going to stay attached to that vine. However, if as some adults do, you find yourself one morning waking up, feeling empty, confused, dazed, I pray that you walk along the sidewalk on your way to class, and as you look down, you see a stick. And then you remember, huh, without him I can do nothing. Write that in your heart and remember that. I love you guys. The teachers of CK High School love you. Congratulations and God bless.
Hey guys, so I believe that God is the creator of fun, and I believe that worship can be fun. So as we stand and worship, let's have fun, because it is a glorious day. <laughs>
asked that my wife, Caitlin, my name is Brian, we're, we're representing New Life, they asked that, you guys can take a seat, that's, that's fine. Uh, they asked that we uh, have kind of a closing blessing. Um, I, I don't know your religious background, it might be a benediction, um, some of the words we use, uh, but a moment just to kind of say, okay, this season is ending and we're starting a new season. And so um, we picked a scripture out for you guys. It's 2 Timothy 1, and it says this, But I have no regrets. I couldn't be more sure of my ground. The one I've trusted in, in can take care of what he's trusted me to do right to the very end. Uh, we are right now in, this, in a new season. Kayla and I uh, were pregnant with our first um, baby. <laughs> clarify that. And uh, seven months. She looks great, by the way. Um, and uh, we're in this season, we read this article that said that it's, they used to say like playing music in utero in the womb was like really important for like brain stimulation, but a lot of research now is just saying like um, a human voice reading to a child um, before they're born is just important for the way the brain develops. And so every night we've been reading, I've been reading, um, and we've been reading the Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis. I don't know if that is a part of your childhood or there's a nostalgia for you, but that was like something that my dad read to me. And uh, C.S. Lewis is kind of a theologian, storyteller, and in uh, one of the books, The uh, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, he has this really good line, and I've just got, like, it's kind of settled in me. I think it's like planted roots. Um, Susan, there's four kids, right? There, there's Lucy, there's Edmund, who like is the traitor, and then like is kind of like um, brought back into the family, and then uh, Susan and Peter. And Susan says uh, to Mr. Beaver, she's, she says, I, I didn't know Asland was a lion. I thought he was, he, I thought he was a man. And she says, is he a safe lion? And Mr. Beaver replies, a safe lion? No, he's not a safe lion, but he's good. He's the king. And I think as you step into this new season, um, you don't want safe. You don't want comfortable. You want to step out. You want a mission that's bigger than you. You want your life to be bigger than you. And in this next kind of week, and maybe the months following until you go off or start a new adventure, sink into the late nights flipping through photos with your family. Sink into those dinner conversations that are so sweet. Don't miss these little moments God has. And then go off into a much bigger adventure. This mission of God is too big. We need you. We need you because you matter, your life matters, and the spark that God put inside of you, this unstoppable force, the world needs it. And will it be safe? No. Should you have a little fear? Yeah, fear's good. That's the Holy Spirit kind of saying, we got good stuff coming. And uh, I just think this next chapter, you'll look back, and if you lean in, you'll look back and say, those were really, really good times. So let's pray for you, over you, for the families represented in this room, and then we'll uh, give some instructions. Will you stand as us, with us as we pray? Jesus, uh, we know that um, you are good and you are king. And the families represented in this room, thank you, God. Thank you for your provision. Thank you that, um, God, you have been faithful amongst trial, amongst ups and downs, travels, moving here, growing up here. God, in this next season, for not only just these grads, but these parents represented, these siblings represented, may it be the best as you fill us with the power of your spirit, the unstoppable force. 
the power that God uh, unleashed the church on the day of Pentecost, that same spirit lives inside of us, the spirit that rose Christ from the dead and made this class an unstoppable force, go to end evil in our world, go out knowing they are filled and they are unleashed. God would protect them, encourage their hearts, give them close friends, close, close friends. God, uh, like you say in scripture, over the homes here represent these parents, a peace that goes beyond understanding. Pray this in your name, and everybody said, amen. As we come to a close of our time here, we're going to go celebrate together in the fellowship hall. There's refreshments, there's a photo booth, there's some desserts, there's coffee. So we're going to go there now, and we're going to celebrate also inside the fellowship hall. If you want to donate financially to help support, there's a basket right by the cake. We'll celebrate with you in there. Can't wait to meet some of you and, and celebrate with you. The Gideons International is an association of Christian business and professional men and women dedicated to telling people about Jesus. They're waiting just outside the sanctuary with a gift for each senior of a New Testament. Uh, please thank them on your way to the reception.